Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful presence of the Lord. Thankful tonight that this promise is in his presence. The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. And, uh, you know, everything don't have to be right in your life for to have that kind of joy because our joy comes from him. And when we realize the source, the Bible says that my God shall supply all needs according to his riches and glory through Christ. That means everything I have need of, there's a source where it comes from. It comes from the Lord. And so, you know, it's, it doesn't mean everything is right in my life when he's pouring into it. He's pouring into it so that I can withstand all the things that are going on. I got to make it through what's happening. It's just like if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I've got a neighbor. Their house burnt down and lost everything. And so people start giving to them. They don't give them the house back right away. They don't give them the pictures back, everything they lost, all the memories. But it does help them to get through until they have what they need again. And so you can have things being given to you is to help you to get through. What if everybody said, too bad, it's your bad, That's you, you're on your own, you lost everything, nobody's going to help you. Well, they die because nobody's going to extend. But see, God knows that you have needs. And he says, so I'll supply all needs. I'm thankful for the Lord tonight that he's our source for everything we have to have. There, hey, there's just no life outside of him. The scripture says in him was life. I'm so thankful that he's the way, the truth, and the life. I'm thankful for the life that's in Christ tonight. I'm thankful that my life is hid in him. And uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to live any other way. I surely wouldn't want to live without him. Because I've done that. <laughs> Got the t-shirt. Threw it away. <laughs> it wasn't worth keeping. I'm thankful for this life lived for the Lord. Amen. Give the Lord a hand, clap, and shout of praise tonight. This just might be the best night of your life. No telling what God's going to do. He's able to do it tonight. Thankful to the Lord. If you have your Bibles, if you want to turn for a moment, uh, John chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. We're going to read just a portion. I know as soon as you say John 4, everybody knows you start thinking about that living water. Start thinking about that Samaritan woman, that well that Jesus was sitting on. But so much in their conversation, but uh, we're going to go to some words that Jesus gives her. In John 4, in verse 16, we find Jesus asking her or telling her, Go call your husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saidest thou truly. Colossians 2 and 10 says this, And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. 
But tonight I want to talk to us for a few moments about the seventh man. Let's lift our hands and pray tonight for the, the lesson. Lord, we love you tonight and thank, thank you for being our provider, for being our source. Tonight, open our understanding, open our ears, open our hearts to receive your word. Lord, anoint these lips of clay for just a few moments. Let me say something that will be a blessing to your people to encourage us tonight. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen one more time. Give the Lord a hand clap and shout of praise. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord, the seventh man. So Jesus says, call your husband. I have no husband. Jesus said, I'm glad you told the truth. You had five. The guy you're hanging out with now is not your husband. And that you said truly. And Paul said in Colossians, we are complete in him. We're talking about Christ. He's the head of all principality and power. There's a song uh, Probably not many of you have ever heard because you probably don't listen to DC talk. But if you did, um, there's a part of a song that I like that they sing. It says, you'll never find your peace of mind in your pool of self, in your sea of wealth, in your rock and roll, or if you sell your soul. You won't find peace of mind in your lucky charm, not the cereal. Everybody loves Lucky Charms. On a hippie farm, in a one-night stand, and you'll never find peace of mind in your Superman. And then they said, you got to like it. You got to love it. I know you need some Jesus in your life. And so, let me tell you, you could sum up chapter 4 and the woman of the woman of Samaria you could just really sum her life up very simply by saying she needs some Jesus in her life but you could sum up any one of our lives like that and say we need some Jesus in our life <laughs> listen nobody in this life desires to feel like they're lacking in this world that's a bad feeling nobody wants to feel incomplete Nobody wants to feel alone or empty. That's not good feelings. And whenever we have those kind of feelings, the, the bad thing is, is because they are not pleasant and we don't want to stop or we don't want to stay with what's pleasant, we try to stop the things that are not pleasant in our life, we will often uh, begin to circumvent what God has for us and begin to try to fill this void on our own. It's seen over and over in the scripture. Uh, uh, women who were barren and desired children, uh, demanding their husband, give me children. And because the, the guy's like, I'm not God, what you want me to do about it? I said, well, here, take my handmaid, and I'll just have children through her. Wasn't God's plan, but that's the way they worked it out. It often causes confusion and, and uh, still leaves us with these same feelings. We obtain things, but they don't satisfy. We get things in our life, but they don't work. So uh, we keep searching. We search the world for things to fill this void. 
We want something that will make us feel alive. We want something that makes us feel needed, important, loved, complete. People want to feel complete. They don't like loose ends. They don't like uncertainty. They don't like not knowing what am I going to do. I want to be complete. So we search and we search for that one thing. What is it that's going to complete me? Is it going to be my soulmate, if there is such a thing? Is it going to be that perfect man, that perfect woman, the perfect job, the perfect house, the perfect car or, car or the best hobby? Well, what is it that's going to make me complete? But what happens if we keep trying to fill that void inside of us with these temporal things, then we just have to keep doing more and more. Because if our hope is that these things will satisfy us or complete us, we're always going to be disappointed. Because temporal things, things that you can hold in your hand, will never, ever complete you. They were not designed to do that. Food was not designed to complete you because you get hungry again. The things of this world that we have were not designed uh, on this earth were not designed to complete you because moth can corrupt it, rust can corrupt it, thieves can break in and steal it. You can lose it in an instant. It's these things, jobs, relationships, money, all temporal. They all fade away. They're earthly and they do not have the capability to complete us. They're not designed to do so. And when you put your hope and your trust on those kind of things, you're like, I've got to get better. And so you're trying to just, if I have a better job, I'll, I'll have it. If I'm making more money, I'll have it. If i got a new car, I'll have it. If my house is bigger, I'll have it. If, I, if I've got just the right family, you know, the, uh, the, the, the wife, the two and a half kids and a dog. Some people like cats. Either way. You know, but if I get all these things, then I'll, I'll, then I'll have the American dream. I'll be complete. And then you see them still working. Hour after hour, week after week, paycheck after paycheck, always buying something new, always looking for something else to bring a little excitement because these things will never complete you. Friend, I have lived in that life, I know. That you can try different things. You can try drugs. and You can try alcohol. You can try that rock and roll scene. You can uh, get into that party groove. You can do all those things trying to be the most popular, trying to make a name for yourself. And it doesn't add up to anything because you can't keep up. Because there's always something new coming along that pulls people away. And all the crowd you had is now going somewhere else. And you're still by yourself trying to find out now what can I do. To feel like I have something that means something. The Bible says that we are not to look at the things that we can see because they are temporary. But we are to be focusing on the things that are unseen because they are eternal. The Lord said wherever your treasure is, there is where your heart will be also. And so I want to make sure that my treasure is in heaven. I want to make sure that my treasure is focused on the Lord. The Lord is the only one who can complete us. We are complete in Him. But don't misunderstand completeness. Completeness is not, well, now that I, I love the Lord and I'm going to serve God, I'm going to have a house and a car and the best job and I'm going to have a family. And 
look, the Lord said, Gentiles look for all these temporary things. He said, that's what they're looking for. Where's my next meal coming from? Where are my next set of clothes coming from? Where's my house going to be? Uh, they're always looking for the things that satisfy their flesh, that they can pull into their flesh. He said, but that's what the Gentiles seek after. He said, but you need to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. And we still... Because it's so real and we're in the moment and we're here and and it's like, I just want to feel like I'm whole, complete. And I do love the Lord, but I, I want this, then it'll come. Don't go around God trying to get it. Let Him provide. He's your source. And my God shall supply all of our needs. If you don't have it yet, then you don't need it yet. Well, that might not, that might not be fun. That might not be a good dose of medicine to take, but it'll cure you. You need to listen. If you don't have it yet, then you don't need it yet because God will supply all of our needs. The Bible says the Lord knows what we have need of. Mm. Let me find, I need to find a spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. Listen, we've all done it on some level because we, we want to be better. Hey, guys especially, we want to be a better husband or a better father or a better provider. So we're always trying to, well, I'll get a new house, I'll get another car, I'll, I'll let my kids have this and let them have that. Because you know, you're trying to be dad of the year. But if, if you're trying to be complete by just buying stuff, you'll always be buying stuff. If you're trying to be complete by just providing things, you'll always be trying to provide things. And if you're trying to be complete by getting things, then you'll always be trying to get things. You'll never have enough. Why is it that people who have more money than they could spend in their lifetime are still trying to make money? Because they can't get enough. Why is it that people who, who have four houses are buying a fifth? Because they can never have enough. They just can't get enough. Never satisfied because it's always just, it's just something trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to complete something. It's like you're trying to put together a puzzle of your life. But there's one piece that does not come from the world. There is one peace that does not come from man. There is one peace. That good and perfect gift is from above. Come on, somebody. And until that peace is obtained, until we get into that peace and put that peace in the it will always be a big hole. It will be incomplete. It will never be what it's supposed to be without him, that missing peace. We've always done this. God's people have always sought for things. The Lord would question things like that. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2, the prophet said, Everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. If you have no money, come buy, eat. Come and buy wine, milk without money uh, and, and, and without price. But then, why do you spend money for that which is not bread? And why do you labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, 
eat that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Why are we always wearing ourselves out trying to get the next new thing? Trying to, you know, gotta have the, the, gotta have the newest phone, gotta have the newest camera, gotta have the newest car, gotta have the newest shoes, gotta have the newest clothes, gotta have the, uh, you know, gotta be up on all the things, gotta have the newest haircut, new stylist guys, uh, gotta have, uh, you know, uh, all the, all the new, gotta have everything, just working myself to death, gotta have it, gotta have it. But do you need all that? If we would realize that our completeness does not come from these things that we're laboring for in this life. That if we realize that our completeness would come if we would seek first the kingdom of God. If we would seek him and search him and, and, and call on him. And, and if you would go on and read the rest of that scripture, it would talk about seeking the Lord uh, with your whole heart so you would find him. It's like that pearl of great price. There was a man, uh, he was a pearl merchant, so he's always looking for the, the, uh, the next best pearl. I, I can get this one, get that one in. I'm traveling here, I'm, I'm searching here, I'm diving. I don't know what all he did to get his pearls, but one day he finds this pearl of great price and sells every single thing he has because he knows this is what will complete me. This one pearl will provide everything that I have to have. It'll, be, it'll complete my life. And, and But completeness of life is not about, again, it's not about the things you have. It's about who you have. Come on. Yeah. It's not about the things. It's about the who. Listen, we go back to this Samaritan woman and this story of her. And, and back up in the scripture a little bit and go back up to verse 4. We'll find, or verse 6, actually. And we see that. Jacob's well, it says, now Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, because he was weary with his journey, he sits on the well, and it's about the sixth hour. And then comes a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus says unto her, give me to drink. I don't know what the opening line Jesus said to you was, but maybe it won't always come in the way you think. Maybe it's going to come in, in a fashion that, that so he can open up. You know, he knows right how to talk. He could have started out and just said, hey, I just want you to know I'm the Messiah. I know you've had five husbands. I know the one you're with now. He could just went ahead and jumped the gun. He, he said, but I've got to get to her. And so the way to get to her is to get her to start asking questions. And he's like, give me to drink. Her life is fixing to change forever. The woman in verse 9 says, how is it that you would ask, uh, being a Jew, ask to drink of me? I'm a woman of Samaria. The Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said unto her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, give me to drink, thou would have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. If you knew what and you knew who, you'd have a whole different set of questions. But you're focused on this natural water. She's so focused on this natural water. And, and uh, that's what Jesus is bringing out. Give me to drink. He said, I'll talk about where her interests lie right now. And it lies in this natural water. But she says, uh, hey, sir, that was nothing to draw with. And the well's deep. From whence then have you this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob that gave us the well? 
drank there of himself, his children, and his cattle. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. I like how when she can't figure out what he's talking about, she wants to know, are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well? And drank there of himself and his children and his cattle. So Jesus said, let me tell you about this water. Since you're putting all your stock in Jacob and the natural father and the natural man and, and this natural stuff. He said, let me tell you, you can keep drinking this water that Jacob gave you. And you're going to thirst again. You'll be back tomorrow to get more water. And then you'll be back the day after that to get more water. And if you live another 20 years, you'll be here day after day drawing water because this water will never, ever satisfy you. Now, of course, we know naturally if, if we drink water, we're going to get thirsty again. That's natural. And Jesus is using this as an example. He's trying to let her see that this is the natural stuff. This will uh, appease your flesh for just a moment. He's making a connection here. There's so many things that satisfy us in this life for just a short span. They quench our thirst, but they don't fulfill our thirst. They, they, you know, they, they quench that thirst, but they don't complete us. That's why we start looking for something else in a little while. That's why we try to find uh, you know, another well to drink from we we you know uh, we've been drinking from this well all this time and and here I am again at this well again I I don't know what this woman all her situation was but this was the well she drew from day after day after day and I don't know what it is that sometimes we get ourselves involved in but it seems like we end up going there day after day after day because it just doesn't seem to be working it's just not satisfying, but, but the Lord said, but if you drink the water that I give you, when you take what Jesus gives you, you'll never thirst again. Now, you mean there's not any Christians who ever drink water again? He's, again, he's using this for an example. He's trying to let you know that the needs, the desires of your flesh will not uh, will no longer supersede this completeness that you have that comes from me. You'll no longer want the things that are, are, are man-made and of this world and that will, will not really satisfy. You'll, you'll find your completeness in me. You, you'll never thirst again. It'll be a well of water springing up. You won't have to bring your own bucket to this. You won't have to uh, let it down with a rope and and work to draw it out. This water will be springing up uh, where you could just drink from it any time you want to. It, it, you know, of course, we know he's talking about the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God living inside of us, pouring out. And, and so when she hears this description and she realizes that she's tired of going to this well day after day. You know, I've, and you've heard it, other messages preached about this woman because we've already read about her situation. She had five husbands, and now she's with a sixth guy that's not her husband. And she comes to the well in the hot part of the day. There's nobody else there, only Jesus. You know what I like? 
Jesus didn't come up upon her drawing water. He was sitting there waiting on her. You know, the Lord's going to meet you where your need's at. He'll already be there with an answer if you're ready to hear it. But she could have just drew her water, gave him a little glass, and then slipped on back down to her house. But, but she's there at the hot part of the day all by herself. Maybe it's because, you know, like you know, if, if it is because of bad things that she's had five husbands, I don't know, maybe all five died. There's no, it doesn't tell us anything about the five men that were her husbands. It does not say anything about them. So it's left up to us. Maybe it's because Jesus is letting us know any interpretation you got of why she's had five husbands doesn't stop me from offering her living water. It don't matter. But if it is, and, and she's there in the middle of the day because she doesn't want to see anybody, she doesn't want the, the looks, the dirty looks, the whispers, the things like that, or maybe they threw rocks at her and run her off when she tried to come with everybody else. I do not know. But I know she showed up in the hottest part of the day to get water, and there was Jesus ready for an answer, ready to give her what she wanted. And when he told her about living water, she was like, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither Come hither to draw. You see, the offer is no good unless you're ready to receive it. Until you're tired of going to that same old well day after day after day. Until you're tired of, of sneaking and hiding because what's been going on in your life hasn't been working and, and you're just trying to get through uh, another relationship or another thing or another uh, hobby or another job or whatever it is that you're doing. That, whatever you're trying to pull into your life to fill this gap that only Jesus can fill. But it doesn't matter. He can offer you living water. He can tell you about a place he has prepared. He can tell you about the Holy Ghost that's for everybody that wants it. But until you're sick and tired of drinking from the same old well, the living water won't do you any good. Because he's not going to pour it into that worldly cup. Hello? He's not going to compete with the world. When you're tired of it. She said, sir, give it to me I, that I thirst not and I don't want to come here anymore. I don't want to find myself back at this same old watering hole because I've gotten tired of what's going on in my life. I want something that will keep me on the right path from now on. I want something that will make a difference. I want something that will complete me. I want something that actually works. And Jesus said, now, let's address the source of your frustration. And this is where we picked up. Go get your husband. Go call him and, and come back here to this place. Uh, I have no husband, Jesus said. I'm glad you told the truth. Might as well be honest with the Lord. He knows already. And so you've had five husbands. And he whom you have now is not your husband, and that you said truly. Glad you owned it up, owned up to it. She had had five husbands. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with having husbands. God loves marriage. It's a covenant. It's honorable. The marriage bed is undefiled. God is in agreement with marriage. 
But somewhere, she's messing up God's plan. Or somebody else is messing up God's plan. She's tried to do the God thing. Somehow it's just not working. It's just not right. It's not working out. I've, I've now, so she's tired of trying marriage. I'm tired of trying covenants. I'm tired of committing myself, so I'll just get me a fella, and we won't get married. Or the one you have now is not your husband. Maybe when he said it's not your husband, maybe it was somebody else's husband. I don't know. I have no idea. And again, it doesn't matter because Jesus is there to fix things. He's there to offer her something that will complete her. She had had five relationships that did not fix her. I mean, five marriages. That's dating, engagement, married, moving in, living together, cooking, cleaning, something happened. Well, here we go again. She gets on that same ride again, and then again, and then again, and then again. And she said, I think I've had enough of that. So now she's in her sixth relationship with a man. That's not even right in the sight of God. But now she has just met a man who's offered her a relationship. He's the seventh man. In the scripture, the number seven is the number of completeness. When you look it up and study it out, it, it, it comes back to the number of completeness. And that is why Paul said, and you are complete in him. He was the seventh man. And he came to offer her something that she would never have to search for. He wasn't just talking about getting a drink of water. He's like, you're not going to have to be looking. There won't be seven, eight, nine, ten husbands. This, this, this is going to stop today if you're ready. Sir, give me this water that I don't get thirsty for these things anymore. Give me whatever it takes so I don't uh, end up in another failed relationship, that I don't end up in another bad business deal, that I don't end up with more stuff that's just ruining my life and piling up my life, but it doesn't mean anything. Give me that water so I don't come back to these same old wells. I need something to complete me. Well, we need the seventh man. And it doesn't matter what, what point he comes in your life. He's the seventh man because he's the man of completeness. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the seventh day. Hello. We all need him. Her completeness would only come through what Jesus had to offer. He's the seventh man. He is completeness. In Jeremiah... 20 or 2 and 13, the Lord says this, listen, for my people, this is his, his people, Israel, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. You see what Jesus was offering, the Lord wrapped in flesh was offering living water. I got to get people away because they have forsaken the living water, and 
and done all these other things. The Lord said it like this. They hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Instead of taking living water, they've, you know what a cistern is? It's something that back then it would catch rainwater. It was like a container that would hold rainwater. You know what? It just, it wasn't living. It could get stagnant. It could get dusty. It could get stale. Things could get in it. Birds could drink out of it. Bathe in it. Yeah, all kind of neat things in those cisterns. He said, they're trying to get them something to quench their thirst. He said, but these holding wells, these cisterns that they're, they're, get, they're broke and they hold nothing. So they have to keep on pouring water into them, pouring water, always trying to fill it, always unsatisfied, never full, can never hold what they need. And if they were just stuck with me, they would have the fountain, the flowing, always springing up, the living water. But they have forsaken me. It's bad enough that they turned their back on me, but now they're trying to replace me. They're trying to be complete by something that can't complete them. Oh, my. I don't want to be looking for a substitute for Jesus. I don't want to be looking for something else that's never going to satisfy. And that's what the Lord was telling her. He said, look, you're going to keep coming to this well and you're just going to keep on going. It's, it, but he was telling her more about her life because she told the guys in the village, she ran back to the village, she said, come see a man that has told me everything I ever did. He was talking about her daily trips and why she was making those daily trips in the heat of the day. He was talking about her failed relationships. He was talking about the way she viewed herself. He was talking about the, the hole she was trying to fill that was inside of her and, and nothing was working. And, and, and he was trying to tell her, look, if you will just take this living water, you'll never have to draw from that well again. And she said, I am ready for that change. Uh, you know what the wonderful thing is? Is that that water pot that she had labored and filled up, she just left it. She didn't even take it with her. It lost all value. It lost all importance. She said, nothing is as important now than me telling somebody else about this Messiah, about this Christ, about this one who just completed me, about this seventh man that I now have a relationship with, and he has made me whole. Jesus was so adamant about this that in John 7, he stood up in the great day of the feast. In verse 37, he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Trying to get us back to living water. Trying to get us back to the Lord. Trying to get us back to the God that created us, the Holy Ghost. He said this was, the, they, people didn't know what he was talking about, but he said he was talking about the Holy Ghost, but they didn't understand because it wasn't poured out yet. But he was letting them know this is what's coming. And so she had five, 
And then she had one. And then she met the one. The holy one. The just one. The only one that can complete us. Jesus, we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Now, it's not wrong to have things in your life, but you just have to know that they can never complete you. Ecclesiastes 6 and 7 says, All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. Everything we labor for, that's fine. It's the last labor of man. But you could grow a garden and eat from it, but you're going to eat more than once because you're going to get hungry again. You're never going to stay. You may get so full that you stop for for a night (laughs) until breakfast, until lunch, whatever, until that next, all of a sudden, hey, I'm a little bit hungry, and now it's time to eat again. You'll always be going back, always be going back. Matthew 5 and 6, the Lord said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's no room for anything else. You'll be filled. You'll be complete. When you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. There's something about being, but, but listen again. I mean, so I get to Lord and I don't, you know, if I don't have a car, that's just all right. Or if I don't have a house, I can just live on the street, but I'm just supposed to be all right. No, again, it's not wrong to have things. But you've got to know that the things don't complete you. The things won't get you to heaven. The things won't bring you everlasting joy. You don't get joy unspeakable and full of glory from things. You you don't get peace of God that passes understanding from things. If, If peace came from money, why all these rich millionaire people take their lives? Blow it on... You know, you get somebody's got all this money, and see, to us that don't know what it's like to be a billionaire, we think, "Wow!" See, we we can't even think on that level because we don't know what it's like to have that kind of money. Because we're just thinking, "Boy, I would never have to be worrying about the light bill being late again." They never think about a light bill. You know, well, I would never have to worry about you know you know uh, having money for groceries again. Well, they don't even think about stuff like that. They don't think on that same level. And and so that's why you you and I can't understand. But if all of a sudden you had a billion dollars, you would be worried to death. People would worry you to death. You would be worried that somebody's going to steal your money, that everybody's just after your money, that the only reason they like you is for your money, that what if this billion dollars runs out, really? You couldn't spend it if you knew what you were doing, but uh, you know, but but yet somehow they do go broke, lose it all. You think, well, they must sleep good at night knowing they got all that money in the bank. I think not, because they're always trying to figure out a way to keep it or get more of it. There's no peace in that life. There's no completion in that life. The only completion comes through him. Listen to what the writer in Hebrews said, Hebrews 13 and 5. He said, let your conversation, or the word conversation is not just like talking to one, it's your behavior. So let the way you act be without covetousness. You know what covetousness is? That's when you're always wanting something else that somebody else has. 
Oh, I see them driving that kind of truck. I'm finna get me a truck too. I see them getting that house. I'm about to get that house. Oh, I see them, you know, they're about to get, get this and get that. And get, oh, I want that. I want this. I want that. Covetousness is when you can never have enough. I got to have this. I got. It's not good for. You know, oh, they got something I don't have. And he said, "But that's not the way you should act. Don't act like that." He said, "And be content with such things as you have." But I don't have this new car, and I don't have this new house. I don't have this. I don't have. But you do have stuff. He said, "So be content with what you have, because he." The one who completes us has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'll stay with you. You're complete in me. And so what you begin to realize is turning around, realize it's not the things that complete me, it's him. And when I have him, I'll have all the things I need. And so whatever I have is fine because I'm complete in him. Without Jesus, there is no contentment. He said, be content with such things as you have. Because he has said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's the reason for contentment. There is no contentment when there is no Jesus. Because there is no completeness without Jesus. And when we're incomplete, we're not content. And a temple. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. A temple that was made to be his dwelling place will always be void and empty and incomplete without him. Hey, do you realize that you can see the most degenerate soul walking this planet right now and still created in God's image, temple? Paul just asked, don't you know that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? Don't you know that people that's going to read that letter are going to think, what? But yeah, we're all that temple. And that's why we feel that void in our life until he moves in. Because we were designed only for him to live in. Paul said this in Acts 17, 28, and 29. He saw this idol to the unknown God. And he began to tell, him who, tell them about Jesus and who he was. They said, for in him we live, move, and have our being. We're complete. In him we live, move, and have our being. We're complete. As certain of your poets have said, for ye, we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold, silver, or stone, graven by art and man's device. In other words, don't start turning God into things, and don't start turning things into God. They're not the same. You're complete in him. But gold and silver and things of man's hand will never complete you. Don't compare God uh, to those things by saying, these things complete me. Only he completes you. Ladies, don't ever put that weight, and men, don't ever put that weight on your spouse. Maybe that's what the woman at the well was doing. Maybe that's why five failed marriages. Because now we're married, you've got to save me. You've got to complete me. You've got to make me whole. Don't ever put that weight on your husband don't ever put that weight on your wife because we are only complete in him mm. 
what you need to do is work on getting each other to him. And then your marriage will be complete. Ain't nothing wrong with being married, but it'll never complete you, and it'll never feel complete unless he's involved in it. We are complete only in him. We are not complete by marriage. We are not complete by jobs or education or social status or any of those kind of things. We are only complete in him. And so I'll say this again. There will never be any contentment without him because without him there will be no completeness. Trying to find your completeness in another human is going to drive you and somebody else insane. The rest of life, the rest and the things that come with it, all the stuff that we have in this world fall in place and make sense when we are in Him because we're complete in Him. Everything, it doesn't mean you don't have trials, you don't have tests, but you know, you'll realize, you know, I think that was one thing Job understood is that it wasn't the stuff I had that was the core of mine and God's relationship. That's why I could say the Lord gave, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's why he said I will not let go of my integrity and I'm not going to curse God and die. You know, we're going to receive good at the hand of the Lord and then not receive evil. He didn't say the Lord was giving him evil. The Lord doesn't tempt any man with evil. But he said, are we only going to get, just because we get good stuff from the Lord, does that mean we don't have trials and tests? The trial of our faith is more precious than gold that perishes. Yes. But we're complete in him. We are new creatures in him. Old things pass away. All things are made new. There's got to be, when, you know, we love that scripture. Oh, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old, old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made new. Yeah, but when you're in him, you're complete. And so that means old things pass away. You stop trying to find your worth in things of this world. You stop trying to find your completeness in the things of this world, and you realize that if I'll just have my relationship right with him, if I'll seek him first in his kingdom, if I'll hunger and thirst after righteousness, I will be filled. Listen, uh, his, our completeness is tied to our new birth because we are baptized into Christ. That's what the scripture says. Because people say, well, if any man be in Christ, okay, well, how do you get into Christ? The Scripture says we are, in Galatians, it says we are baptized into Christ. And so when we are baptized and buried with him in baptism, when we're baptized into Christ, our life is hid in Christ. We are now complete in Christ. And now everything is in the right order. And so when I don't have the newest car, that's all right, because I'm complete in him. When I didn't get that new job, that's all right. I'm complete in him. My completeness, my worth does not come from the things that I can bring to myself in this life. I am complete in him. And oh, the frustration. How many of this same story 
this woman at the well, the man at the bar, you know, the kid in the alley, whatever. Wherever they find themselves, it's all the same thing. They're in a bar trying to drown that thirst. They're in an alley trying to drown that thirst. They're in a back seat somewhere trying to drown that thirst. You know, they're in a dark room somewhere trying to drown that thirst. They're on a website trying to drown that thirst, and it won't ever work. You're only complete in Him. We need Him. And so we learn to be content because it's not the stuff that completes me, it's Him. Paul said this, and honey, you can come to the music. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Paul said, I'm not speaking in respect of want, or I'm not talking in respect in regards of what I need. He said, for I have learned something. In whatever state I am, that I am, to therewith be content. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. He said, to be content, because I know the Lord's with me. He said, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I can be on top. I can be on the bottom. It doesn't matter. I know how to act in every place because I've got him. I'm completing him. Everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. And after that, he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me because I'm complete in him. I have complete and total control uh, in this life with him. I can control myself because of him. I can do all things through Christ. But I got, he's got to be there. You know, God, you can stand with me tonight. God created man. And when he created Adam from the dust of the ground, everything else, you know, Adam was created on the sixth day. And so there's Adam. The garden's done. Sky sun, moon, birds, animals, fish, trees, grass, everything, it's done. The garden, the earth is finished. And God made Adam, formed him from the dust of the ground. And there was Adam, hair, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, all his teeth, arms, fingers, toes, Just as dead as he could be. I guess you could call him dead. He'd never been alive yet. He wasn't alive. He wasn't complete. He looks complete. He's still missing something. And so the Lord breathed into Adam. And Adam became a living soul. He was complete. He was only complete through what God did for him. He breathed into him. He became a living soul. And what has always been will always be. It's going to be God that completes you. Because you were created in his image. And that's what Jesus was trying to reestablish, that connection the two evils that God's people had, 
had done were, number one, they had forsaken him, the fountain of living water. And Jesus said, I've come back to give you living water. Or my spirit. I've come back to give you my spirit. And until we get that spirit, the Bible says, without the spirit of Christ, we are none of his. Well, if I'm none of his, then I'm incomplete because I'm only complete in him. The Lord's wanting to put his spirit in people today, to fill people, to complete people. And let me tell you, once you get the Holy Ghost, it don't make bills go away. You don't wake up with a new car in the driveway. You don't all of a sudden have all A's in your classes, any of that stuff. But, buddy, there's something that you know that I am his, and he is mine. And now in him I live and move and have my being. This is where I find my worth. This is where I find my life. This is where everything makes sense. I don't have to go to any of those old habits, any of those old places, any of those old things because I am complete in him. I wish we knew the rest of the story of that Samaritan woman. I don't know if she went straight to that guy the sixth man and said, take a hike. I'm, I'm, I'm over this life. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to talk to her in heaven one day and find out. But I can tell you this, her life was changed forever because Jesus was waiting to meet her right there at her need. In the heat of that day, he was right there ready to offer her living water to stop that. No more sneaking up here in shame. You'll be complete in me. While she's playing tonight, I just want to offer you a chance to come and pray. And if you've been trying to fill the void with other things besides him, why not come pray tonight? Why not come tonight, leave your water pot at the altar. Leave whatever else it is here at the altar. And let the Lord give you that living water. Let the Lord fill you with his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what a, just the great presence of the Lord. You know, I've been living for the Lord for a little while now. I can't really hardly remember now not. I mean, over half my life now serving Him. And I'm thankful that I have gotten, forgot, have gotten forgetful about some of that past life. But I tell you, it never loses its effect, the newness of, of that encounter with him that first night at that altar where I knew who I was, but he knew also, and he didn't care. He still gave me living water. You're talking to a guy who, man, just you know, every day of the week, lived rough, drank every day, things just, and he knew that. So he was waiting when I got there that night to hear some living water. And I'll tell you, I was ready for it. I was about like that woman says, 
Lord, give me, because I, I, I prayed, I've, told, I've testified and told this, but I said that night, I said, Lord, give me whatever it takes to never leave, because I love whatever this is, and I don't want to ever, ever leave this. And so he, he gave me exactly what I asked for the very first time. He said, ask and you shall receive. I didn't even know that was a scripture. <laughs> I, was that, I was that green, but, but I asked, and I have never one time, not on my hardest, worst day have never thought well I just won't serve the Lord anymore where, where would I go he's got the words of eternal life so make that decision get sick of that watering hole you've been going to take that living water it'll take care of you all the way to glory amen give him a hand clap and shout of praise tonight what a great God what a great God what a great God he's a mighty God Thank you for being in Wednesday night service. Looking forward to Sunday. Just believing God's going to do some great things. Invite somebody to church with you. Somebody needs the Holy Ghost. You, you know somebody is carrying that old water pot around? Invite them to church. I'd love to, in the spirit, see this altar full of old water pots at the end of service. People walking away, going to tell somebody what Jesus has done for them. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night in Jesus' name. You are dismissed.